Thanks again for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Please subscribe there. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stephen Willis. This is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and I have a special guest today, Charles Stackhouse. I'm going to say Ole Miss legend, but I might be biased, but I'm going to say Ole Miss legend. Charles Stackhouse is in the house. How are you doing, Charles? Oh, man, I'm doing beautiful, man. A beautiful day above ground, uh, getting ready for some Ole Miss football. I've been counting down the days myself, so it's kind of like a Every every day, I'm seeing what they have to put out on Twitter, on their social medias, on Facebook. Uh, getting ready to make a trip down to Oxford here soon to uh, get used to the atmosphere before the atmosphere comes. Man, it's that time of year. So, how about yourself? Yeah. How are you feeling, Steve? I'm pretty fired up after watching. <laughs> like I watched the media days and Lane Kiffin speak today, and he was able to take a whole 30-minute period and not get one question about his team. It is one of the most masterful performances of PR. He did not have to – you have a situation with the transfer portal where it's not guaranteed that Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart or everybody is going to be there at the end of August right now, and you didn't have to get put on the spot for that question. To me, it was masterful. It absolutely was. Man, it's you know we we have we have a masterful guy at the head mm-hmm. of uh, Ole Miss football right now. If you look at uh, his uh, the way he markets, you know, it's pretty different than you see in a college football you know coach. But it seems to gain publicity amongst the recruits that he's recruiting. So I think he has a a pretty interesting approach, and uh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Pretty fired up. Let's talk about whenever you were in school back in. A while back, you know, <laughs> uh, not gonna not gonna ask you to date yourself on that one, but you went to SEC Media Days. What was that experience like for a player that's going through SEC Media Days? Oh man, it's like lights on, you know. It's like lights on, you know. You have uh, the media everywhere, questions everywhere. Uh, it's it's really a fun time. It's like really a get to know the people who's going to be broadcasting you, who's going to be covering you the whole you know year. And it was a fun time, you know, and some of the questions were, you know, different questions, but it was a fun time. You know, a lot of people probably don't know this and they think it's just there for the media to ask questions and have a press conference for everybody. But a whole lot of the broadcast partners that you were just talking about, all of the stuff that you see during SEC Network games, ESPN games, all of that is filmed during this uh, walkthrough and you basically do a car wash, you meet the media, it's like two or three or four hours and you're out the door. I mean, that has to be an unbelievable experience for somebody that's never done. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was kind of like an eye opener for, for sure. Like, okay, uh, this almost seems kind of professionalish, you know, like the mm-hmm. professional NFL type, you know, settings to where you have to come in and, and, and you see the, the lights and you see the different people that you usually see talking on TV and, you know, all of those different things. And it's it's a pretty unique experience, especially as a player, because all of those things that you work so hard to do, you know, and you finally get to where you want to be as far as a college. And then, bam, you're you're like spotlighted on that college through media day. And everybody, you know, in the SEC pretty much knows who you are then you know, from that media day because it's all filmed and broadcasted everywhere and, and all those things. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. But let's turn our attention to this year a little bit. 
What are your opinions going into the 2023 football season? What are the things that you're looking for? Are you really excited about seeing year two in Quenshawn Judkins? What, what's on your mind? Well, I think it's, it's, it's very, uh, I would say it's, it's important that uh, they start off with a good start, you know, with feeding him the ball and being able to maneuver through the different, the different things to, like I'd say, Quashawn Judkins is a, he's a Quashawn Judkins is a playmaker, right? So you want to get him the ball, and I think within the first three games, I think the first game is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, oh geez, let me. It's Mercer. Yeah, Mercer. I think that mm-hmm. would be a good game to really like highlight, you know, what and see what he's possible of, you know, the possibilities of that offense and what they can do to. If they come, I tell you this. If they come out of the first three games, I think it's uh it's Mercer. Then you have uh is it Georgia Tech at the third game, right? Yeah, and then Tulane in the middle. And Tulane in the middle. I think if they can come out of that game three and zero with you know a fresh Jenkins, and you know you know Dart at his top, you know performing at his top, I think we come out of that first three and zero, and I think then we're looking at you know going into Alabama with some steam, right? Mm-hmm. And that that will. Uh, really be detrimental to you know the players like they have okay we're three and oh now we know we can go and play ball uh you know we have our running back you know who's playing well we have our quarterback who's playing well and you know the receivers are going to excel off of the capabilities of the running back so i think that it's going to really be uh a good year for Ole miss if they can get started get fired up and get going fast i think it'll be a great year you you kind of led the way for deuce McAllister on a lot of his famous carries um, in Ole Miss history, and it's kind of funny to see whenever you're thinking about a running back of that skill set, of that magnitude that is progressing from year one to year two, what can we expect in year two after Quinshawn Judkins has gone through it? What has he picked up? What has he learned in year two that we can kind of keep an eye on? It's like, okay, he he's on today. He's doing this. Right. I think it, it will be uh, more of the uh, the pressure. From uh, like you know, the first year you have the pressure when it when it's like they they're calling on you, right? They're calling on you to do some things. They're calling on you to score, so it's pressure there. And I think this year it'll be more like acceptance of the role, what he has to do. So I think you'll see a more uh a more sharper, a more uh detailed, Kushan Jenkins because you know that first year, even my first year, you know it, it it's tough. You you know, you don't know what to expect, right? And after that first year, you know, you got your feet wet, everything's, you know, flowing with the team, the coaches, and now you feel more comfortable, you know, handling the ball because, you know, you're used to the plays and now you're used to, you know, some of the line that's there and you guys are kind of like banging on the same sequence, even at, you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but long as you hit the same sequence at times when it's necessary, you'll be very, very uh, more adept to be a great running back in, in the SEC this year, especially with Junkins. I think it's important for him to really uh like look at what he did last year and like like really gain as much knowledge as he can from it and and use it for this year. I think that'll be the most thing. Releasing the pressure, man. The pressure's gone. Okay, I can go out and perform now. I know what I can do. Let's just go out and do it. Which I think is what most running backs see their first year of college is they want to see what they can do. And from there, they want to get better, right? They want to go into the off-season program, get better, stronger, faster, uh, more knowledgeable of the plays. So, yeah, man, I think uh, if he can stay on track and uh, release the pressure from last year and understand that, you know, pressure busts pipes, 
and just, you know, let that pressure release and, and, and take it out on the field, I think he'll, because a lot of people still doubt him. You know, it, it's, he still has a little doubt from some people. But to me, he's a stellar running back. And if he goes off of his performance last year and uh, strengthens it for this year, he'll be great. You know, um, this, weekend, this week I was thinking, and all of a sudden one of the sayings that Cut said over and over again um, to where he just drilled it home, and that is you never um, stay the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And he said that over and over, and I was there in 2003. I'm sure he said it when you were there as well. Uh, but with me in this business, that's kind of the mantra of what I'm doing. I want my podcast to consistently get better. I'm always trying to tweak things. I'm, I'm wanting to be an early adopter. The one thing that I'm struggling with trying to be an early adopter with is NIL because it seems like it's kind of a free-for-all at this point. And I was sitting here talking to you off-air before we started. Can you imagine how much money Eli Manning would have made before he went to the New York Giants in Oxford, Mississippi in 2003? I can't imagine. I mean, uh, the companies, the money that flows through that place. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine, you know. I think it like like we said earlier. I think it would have been like, uh, should I uh, try to go get my master's instead of go to the NFL, <laughs> 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 or, or more something like that, man? But yeah, that's that's it's interesting though. It's very mm -hmm. interesting because as a player, we used to always feel like we were uh, like we wasn't getting what we were worth. You know, we go out there. You know, you hurt your shoulder, you get an injection in your shoulder. You hurt your knee, you get an injection in your knee. Yeah, you know, you hurt yourself and you're playing and you, you all you get is your Pell Grant and your uh, tuition pay, which is, don't get me wrong, huge, right? Mm. But, you know, I think now it's more of a, uh, they can attract more uh, players and more, like a lot of more small colleges can attract bigger players with their pockets now. So it's pretty, uh, it's, it's in its trial phase, but I think that, uh, you can expect the SEC to make some uh, changes to it, not if not now, uh, soon, especially the SEC, because those guys are going to get paid so much they don't—they're not going to want to go to the NFL, <laughs> and, and just seriously, and especially Alabama and those teams like that—that's just born and bred with so so much money, you know, that they can pretty much pay a player what they want, get their, you know, sponsors to come in and pay a player what they want legally now through uh, the NIL. And I think that it's good for the players. And at the same time, you know, there's always a, a catch-22 with everything, right? Uh, you don't want to make the players become content because they are a lot of players not used to making that kind of money. And they are getting that kind of money now. And it could, you know, kind of damper how they play, make them more content to where, you know. And some of them it could push. So it's, it's, it's like a catch-22 with everything, man. Uh, it's a good and a bad. Yeah, and it's absolutely – interesting and intriguing and all of this i think there's there's a bill that's been drawn up in congress to try and regulate it i have no faith that congress can do <laughs> oh, anything God. to regulate anything um but it it's just one of those things now this season what is your prediction for this season uh i predict a strong bowl game i predict a, a strong bowl game i i i predict a definitely over 50 season uh hopefully like i say it'll it'll depend on how we start if we could you know start and handle our business with these first teams like we're supposed to uh 
I think it'll give the team a little steam going into the harder course because you think I think you got what Alabama then right back to LSU and you know it's that's the tough part that's that that middle good part of it you know the SEC so I think that you uh, if they do what they're supposed to do uh, the coaches you know stay on top of their game first three games coming to Alabama either you know get a win or you know really test your players in that game I think that uh, that will really dictate what'll happen for the rest of the season. Also, how weird does it look like to see the LSU game in September? That's the, yeah, I, you know, I was looking at the schedule the other day and I'm like, man, I'm not used to, you know, you know, I'm used to Halloween, you know, used to being close to Halloween yeah. or something, something of that nature, you know, and, and it's, it's, it'll be different, but hey, man, uh, these schedules, the way they have some of these schedules uh, set in the SEC, it's. It's going to be interesting to watch this year because, like I say, we got Alabama, and then what we go right back. If I'm not mistaken, it's LSU. Let me look at the schedule here real quick yeah. to make sure. I'm, but yeah. that's that's a tough that's a tough two week span right there. And, and then Arkansas is coming into the house, right? And, and, then, and you've played in a game and saw how oh, that Arkansas my, game can be. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> one of the longest games I've ever played for sure. Yeah. It, it marks the calendar for that. But uh, I think that that's very important. And also our last game, we got to go to Starkville. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a huge, like, it depends on where we are in the uh, statistics, you know, of trying to either, you know, become, go to an elite bowl game or, you know, you know, whatever position we're in. That's going to be a big game because it's an SEC game as well. So very interesting, man. You think it's weird, like Mississippi State on their schedule, they play Southern Mississippi five days before Ole Miss. That's like Ole Miss scheduling Memphis before State. Yeah, hey, man, that could work for them and against them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they could they could preserve some players, but, you know, they can also get some players that's in the, in the height of the season get lackadaisical because that game they feel like they can go out and do to Southern Miss what they would do to Ole Miss what they did to Southern Miss, and, you know, it ain't going to work like that. Yeah. So... <laughs> Who knows, man? That's, yeah. it's, it's, that's an interesting aspect. I never looked at that, but that is pretty interesting. You would usually, yeah. you know, going into, well, I don't know, man. It depends. You know, it depends on how they play that game. I'll say that, you know, because that could be a, a detrimental game for them as well. You know, you go in and you lose the Southern Miss, and you got to come in and play Ole Miss. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the mustard buzzards, as I like to call them, are going to come into that game sky high. <laughs> sky high. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the mustard buzzers. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you can tell I, football season's coming, though, right? Oh, yeah, it's getting there. You can feel it ramping up. You can feel yeah. it ramping up the D. Anyway, thank you so much for stopping by, Charles. And I do want to let everybody know, thank you for making the Lockdown On This Podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Every dayers, we're going to have Patrick Broomfield coming on the show. We're going to have Jason Simmons coming on the show. And Tom Vanderford, Derek Vandegrift, those normal guys. This weekend, it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you very much, Charles Stackhouse, for joining us. It's always a pleasure, man, and I hope we can do it again. Uh, no doubt, man. Thanks for having me, Stephen.